Ah, it's the last day of May. That's right, the 31st. Tomorrow will be June. Imagine that. It's the party line on WATH, and our topic today, Kids on Campus. It's um, It started as a summer program. We'll find out if it has other uh, parts of the year as well during the show. But it's a big deal, and I had a little bit to do with it back in the early days. Its director... I assume director is an okay title. Is that? I think program manager program is the official manager. title. Okay, Joel and Chereau, and um, Joel and welcome. Thank Gl- you. Glad you're here. Um, kids on campus. Uh, some of this information I could cite myself, but you're the guest, so we're going to ask you the history of kids on campus. Uh, how long ago did it first get envisioned? I think that it officially is like 1996 is when when it, it, it was recognized as an official program. Right. And it's been continuous ever since then. So Now, like everything, it's gone through some ups and downs in terms of, um, well, like COVID and things like that, right? Right. But basically, 1996 was the first uh, summer that it was offered. Now, it was a summer program. Is it a year-round thing now? It is year-round. In fact, although we are still seen a lot of time by the community and the university um, faculty and staff as a summer program because I think that's when we're most visible to people. Mm -hmm. But our biggest reach right now is during the year, during the academic year in the school systems. We we serve really about a thousand kids a year in the after school programs, which is considerably more than we reach at summer. Well, when I was engaged with it, it was purely a summer program. Right. And um, let's talk a little bit about the history. And uh, you, you, I'm, I got to remember to stay quiet here because you're <laughs> the guest. and, and um, You probably know more about the history of it than I do. Well, I have some knowledge, of course. But um, that's okay. So I'll, I'll just start it, I guess. Um, I can't remember exactly whose idea it was but i was appointed to a small committee um and ann teske was um Mm -hmm. one of the names that um um, and and her background was um she was from columbus as i recall right i think she still lives there actually and um have been involved with the Ohio University's um, College of Health Sciences and Professions. Right. As as hot as was I. Oh, hey, um, help me, Rodney. Thank you. I forgot to close the door. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Um, but there were a number of people. I think Renee Glidden. Mm-hmm. I believe um, Renee was involved. Um, who were some of those people that I? I know my sister, with. Sharon Parsons, was involved at one time. Um, there were quite a few people back then who had a piece of it. Yeah. I didn't do that back then. I had a different job at the university, so I'm I'm not really familiar as with the initial part of the history. Well, some of the things that were goals, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and the one that I particularly subscribe to, um, I think uh, the success in that area has really been a very positive thing. But, uh, well, we'll get to it eventually. But the point is that uh, kids had school mm-hmm. three quarters of the year. And at the summer, um, you know, would it be cool to have some programs that um, help them continue their education, help those that maybe were struggling in a particular area um, 
do it in a, a manner that was a little bit unique and and let them get interested in it where they may not have been before uh, all sorts of things and there was also a certain degree of um, f- uh, what how do I want to say good meals right and um, some of the rural children um, it was a problem mm-hmm. and so you know the neat thing one of my neatest recollections was that there is a certain community out there and I'm waving my arm in a big circle like um, all the surrounding areas that don't feel connected to Ohio University. Oh, absolutely. And it it could be because of their own educational background. It could be um, the professions they're in. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. But the point is they never felt engaged in the university absolutely and so what was neat was that getting their children involved brought them to the campus Mm -hmm. maybe to um, uh, bring them in in the morning and take them home in the afternoon and suddenly they their negativity um, changed over to a more positive um, thing. And, and, well, I just think that was a great success. I agree. I think it's one of the strongest things that Kids on Campus has done over the last 25, 30 years is I don't think people always, if you're involved with the university or you live in the city of Athens, you don't realize the majority of people in Athens County and the surrounding counties have never set foot on Ohio University's campus. They may go to East State Street. Occasionally, they may drive down Court Street, but they've never actually been on Ohio University's campus. I think Kids on Campus is responsible for more first-year college students, first-generation college students entering Ohio University and feeling comfortable with being on a really large campus than people realize because we are in the campus. We're on the buildings where we use Baker Center. We use the university classrooms. I don't know how many kids I've heard say to their mom and dad when they pick them up, oh, I know where that is. Mm -hmm. Or, Mm -hmm. because they're in the same classrooms, their university classes occurring while we're there. And it's just not that unusual for them now. I think it's a bigger deal than people think. And and there's also some interaction with Ohio University students. Oh, absolutely. You know, and the, the youth. Mm-hmm. And um, we have students that work for us every year. I have students who were education majors who work for us and <laughs> realize that is not what they wanted to do. And I have engineering students who work for us and just change their major to education because they suddenly realize that that's what they want to do. But we use university students all the time as counselors. But we also have university classes that interact with us during the summer as well and during after school. Well, the first year was 96, right? 1996? Yeah, I believe that's the official first year. Yeah, and that... um, I can't, um, oh, wh- when did you become engaged with it? I started in 2016. Okay. Is that right? Well. Yeah, 2016, six years. Yeah. I had retired in 2014 from a previous job at the university, came back in 2016 to do this told the college that I'd give them three to five years. I guess I'm going on six. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the college is Health Science and Professions? College of Health Sciences and Professions. Yeah. We're both on their advisory committee, I think. You are. I'm I'm employed by them. Okay. And... um, Yeah, that's been our home, our entire... The entire uh, history of Kids on Campus has been with the College of Health Sciences. I'm trying to think who was dean when we first got it going. Was it Randy Lighty? No, I think it was someone before him. 
Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, this is such a neat program, folks. Now, let's talk about um, how many kids uh, are engaged with it today and versus when we first started. And, and the fact that now it's not just a summer program. There is year-round functions. Right. And, um, and, and how many school districts it reaches out to? Mercy. A lot. It, it, it was a much tighter uh, group back in my day. Right. It was originally just essentially the Athens community, the Athens city sort of center community that attended. It used to have a really large summer program. There'd be like 300 kids right. during the summer. And but it was also, there was partial pay back then. You could pay to come or you got a scholarship to come. We're an entirely free program today. So no one pays anything to be in Kids on Campus in the summer or in the after school program. But in 2001, uh, we started to utilize the 21st Century Community Center Learning Grants that come out of the um, Department of Education as part of No Child Left Behind. Those grants have funded our after-school programming since 2001. Primarily, those grants have funded us uh, since 2001 in the after-school programming. So where we serve maybe 250 to 300 kids in a summer, in the beginning, way back in the 1990s, we do, we, we cap it at 250 in the summer now. Uh, often we don't reach that because there's a lot more community programming available around the communities than there used to be. Mm -hmm. But we reach close to a thousand kids in after school programming. And where we didn't, we were really focused in the, um, Athens community previously we're in four counties now we have after school programming in Meggs Perry Washington and Athens uh, we reach we're working in 10 school districts I believe now now logistically let's make sure we don't mislead our audience but um, where the programs used to be mostly held right here on campus mm -hmm. uh, now you reach out, right? Right. Now because we reach out. Transportation and all that sort of thing would mm -hmm. be complicated. Right. So um, many things are offered at their schools and mm -hmm. in the, their communities. We're still called Kids on Campus, which yeah. can be a little bit misleading. Um, but the organization has been around for a long time. The name is really important to us, and, and holding on to the name is important to us. But our programs revolve, like in a school district, like say Southern Local School District up in Perry County, um, that that grant really is focused on that school district or Nelsonville York Elementary. I mean, the grant during the after school is really focused on their needs and, and each school district has a little bit different need, a little bit different focus, what they need to help their kids during school. And then in the summer, we bring them all back together on campus. So one of the benefits of the summer program right now is kids from 10 schools, four counties, get to come together and really experience new friends, making uh, all kinds of, of learning new skills with people they don't normally uh, associate with during the year. And, and finding a broader perspective on the on the region and really understanding communities outside of their own. And I think that that's a real plus for us for the summer. It's why we strive so hard to keep it on campus in the summer, as I think, A, getting them to a college campus so that they feel like they can, yeah. they can go to college, and then really being able to interact with people from different communities, different cultures, different perspectives. Sure. Well, once again, how it positively affects the parents, too. Right. As, um, that was the most eye-opening thing for me during my years in, with this. Now, you know, on your website, uh, and it, folks, I encourage you to go look at it, um, Kids on Campus. And um, 
it's it's uh, we have a facebook page too <laughs> yeah the um there's a list of what they call community partners and, and so many of these support you financially um and many of them support you in kind mm-hmm. with their service or information or right. educational factors now this list i printed it off it is like um seven pages maybe more because they're front and back printed um so let's call it 14 pages whatever it is and there are so many cool outfits that i was surprised to see on there we reach out pretty strongly for for support for partnerships we really um Uh, And I think one of the goals of any, uh, essentially Kids on Campus is sort of like a little nonprofit within the university. We operate because we're solely grant funded. We solely exist on grants and donations today that it, it, we have the same sort of struggles as a lot of our community partners. A lot of the nonprofits in the region, a lot of the service organizations in the region. So partnering is a big deal for us with those you know, we, we really do, some of them are more well-known uh, in the communities, but there's a lot of little ones, too, that we, we partner with. I mean, we have pretty strong ties to, to, the, to the organizations that support our communities where our schools exist. And we, I mean, one of the, I think the, the goals for us is sometimes we have a lot of funding and we can pay our partners mm-hmm. to 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 help us and then the times when we don't have much funding and they have funding they can work with us so i think that that kind of interactive community support we have with all of those people is is just such a a, a really cool thing in in this region i think all of these organizations really do a good job of supporting each other through the ups and downs of funding um let's let's boil it down to simple statements at the moment the mission now like i said or i guess inferred anyway uh, i was engaged in the early days of the idea Mm -hmm. and then the first couple years of its operation it was so cool and it's only gotten cooler, you know? I agree. Um, so the mission t- today, as it is uh, stated, is what? It's the same as it was when you guys created it, and I can read it. Kids on Campus is a rural community university partnership that empowers underserved, at-risk children and their families in the realization of their full potential through educational, nutritional, and recreational opportunities. That mission statement drives everything we do. Yeah. And it, it is cool, Dave. It's, it's a cool organization. It's a cool mission. Now, keeps, um, me, keeps me coming back. You know, sometimes when I hear the, the, the underserved, that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean poor. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there are kids who are living badly it can mean academically underserved i mean these communities a lot of these are very small schools in very rural districts that do not have the same opportunities as as children living i mean you can be economically disadvantaged you can have a fairly low income but you can be sitting in Cincinnati or Cleveland or Columbus and just down the streets a YMCA or just down the streets a tutoring facility or just down the streets a lot of stuff that you can walk to, you can get on a city bus and ride to. If you're sitting in some of our communities, there's no city bus, there's no, and we all know transportation in this rural region is an issue, a bigger issue to talk about some other time, but there's not those resources for children who are struggling with math or you know we just don't have that out there so i think when we talk about underserved it's not necessarily even just economically underserved it's socially underserved it's 
it's academically underserved. They just don't have access to the resources that allow you to succeed on the greater scale that kids in, in, in larger communities have. The, um, the goals that might have been set in day one, 1996, mm-hmm. versus the goals that exist today, do you think there's any significant difference or improvement? Or or are they pretty much the same? I think they're, they are very similar. I think there's a little bit less emphasis on the nutritional support. Okay. Simply because, um, thank heavens, 30 years on, there are a lot more nutritional support uh, availability to families today than there were then. Back then, summer feeding was a big deal. There was hardly any way for kids who got free lunches at school to get food during the summer. There's a lot more opportunity for that. HapCap really has an enormously large program of summer feeding. In fact, our summer camp uses HapCap for our summer feeding now. But that is, I think, the... So there's probably a little less emphasis on that, although I will tell you in the after-school programs, we still do a lot of cooking. We, we show kids how to cook, and, and that's a big deal for us, is making sure they know how they themselves, the kids know how to, uh, what kind of meals they can prepare, what kind of food they can do, and that they get something, uh, a, a pretty substantial snack or a pretty substantial something. Uh, between school and when they get home. Kids on campus, um, in the earliest days, um, it took a a year or two to figure it out and plan it. And 1996 was uh, the first summer. Um, About five years later, it became, um, they added sort of a year-round factor to it. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was after my years of engagement with it um but uh, it remains a year-round thing now right right and and our probably our largest service is in the year-round aspect of it in the after-school aspect we reach more children in the after-school than we do in summer it's becoming challenging to bring kids to campus on summer uh, busing, as you know, has oh, become yeah. a huge issue just for the school districts during the school year, let alone during after school and during summer. We have programs in our schools that weren't able to provide busing uh, in the after school program, and that really does impact the number of kids we can reach. So one of my goals in the next couple of years is really to work and say, how, how do we help with the transportation issue? Because that's a huge huge piece but well in in the earliest days the families provided the transportation right and um i thought that was it turned into a plus factor because once again these people were not comfortable right uh on campus and this got them over some of that and pretty soon they were um you know happy to say hi to somebody they knew now and um teachers and and uh, workers in the program yeah neat and the number of students college students who were engaged in this then and even now more um I, I think you even hinted earlier, there were some people that have gotten involved with you, but their major was not necessarily right. to be an educational person. Yeah. But they f- they found so much good in it. Right. That was so rewarding that they've ac- I've had students who changed their major and became education majors simply because they realized this was a passion that they had. I had others that, you know, realized education may not be their passion, which is good to know before you get into the school district, I guess. But I do think that, I mean, I, I would estimate it's thousands of Ohio University students who have been involved over the past 30 years with I'm us. sure. We have students, Dave, we have kids who are in our after-school program as little guys 
became student counselors for us, became counselors for us, became activity leaders for us, and are now, I have a guy who, who went through our programs. He, he was a kids on campus kid. He was a summer counselor for us. He worked in the after schools as an activity leader while he was going to school, getting an education degree, and now he works full time for us. Wow. So. But he initially, in the earliest days, was an attendee to the camp. Right. He was an attendee to our after school summer and, and programs. Yeah. yeah. And I use the word camp, but. Yeah. I, it's hard for me to change. Right. My, well, it's really window. what we're known for, I will admit. Yeah. We do so, it really well, too. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was just the most immediate school districts in my day. Right. Now, what, seven districts? Yeah, I think so. And, it, and like... Ten schools, seven districts, yeah. You know, some of them are not nearby. Oh, no. Perry County, Southern Local and Perry Counties. I drew a circle. Here's what I did. I drew a circle around Athens, 60 miles. Yeah. And that's, I kind of set that as our perimeter of what we can effectively reach. I have had schools outside of that 60-mile perimeter want to partner with us. I haven't agreed to that simply because it's pretty problematic in terms of the reach with the staff we have. And we don't have a big staff. There's, I mean, in terms of administration, we have two of us and and a temporary this year, we were lucky enough because we have quite a bit of funding to have a temporary secretary or administrative support. But, but basically, there's two of us that run the programs um, administratively from the central office, and then we have program people in the school districts. But it's really um, – we have uh, two programs in Belpre City School District. Hmm. We have a program in Eastern Local over in Tupper's Plains. Yes. So, yeah, it's, there are days where it's a lot of driving for me. Sure. Well, um, you know, not that this figure matters, but um, has anyone ever, like, added numbers together to say, you know, since we've been in existence? Oh, wow. We have um, been engaged with X number of thousand students. You know what I mean? I don't think so, Dave, but I'm going to do it now that you brought okay. it up. I'm, I'm go just back curious. And calculate that. Yeah. I think we could estimate how many kids we've reached over the 30 years. That would be interesting to know. I bet it would be shockingly high. It well, would be shockingly high. And I don't want to go without saying we do have private donors as well, individual. We have a, people who individually donate to us. Those make a huge difference because our grants are very restricted on what we can do with the money. Sure. So those private monies allow us to do the little bit extra or reach, you know, do a program that we might not otherwise be able to do or reach a kid we might not otherwise be able to reach. Um, the Beck family has an endowment with us, which is had has been a, a godsend for us in terms of being able to support us through the the times when it's when funding might not be as good as other times paula tolliver has recently supported us with some stem program science technology engineering and math programming uh this year we did tech savvy this spring we'll uh have a stem program in the summer and that's a very and she's a native of Nelsonville, so coming back and supporting the communities. So I, I those individual donors, it feels like you know we're such a big organization. It might not matter. Your fifty bucks might not matter, but it really does because it can make a difference between some kid being able to come to summer and not being able to come to summer. Well, um, on your website, you list all the organizations and individuals who have supported kids on campus. And mercy, I printed it off, and it's like 14 pages, you know? Well, seven pages, front and back, single-spaced. I mean, it's amazing. That's a lot of people who have supported us over the years and continue to support us, and we're incredibly grateful for it. We couldn't exist without it. We just couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, um... You probably have a small board of directors or something like that, some sort of leadership or planning group. 
What are a few things that they have identified that they want to pursue that haven't yet been done? In the beginning, you guys had a board of some sort. We don't have that now. Uh, we report directly to the dean of the College of Health Sciences, but um, but we do have planning meetings. We do bring people in and talk about what does the community need. I, I think for us, it's establishing a more um, consistent um, funding stream that allows us to have more continuity. One of the issues with um, the way we're funded, we're funded through primarily through large grants, but they and they are large and they're generous grants, but they run on five-year cycles. So when those grants end, finding ways to sustain programming in a school and finding other alternative funding is, is an issue for us. So I think one of the, the things we talk a lot about is how do we keep our staff? How do we we have really great qualified staff, but it's hard to keep people who are funded on soft money where they know that money could go away next year. Um, so we have these really great employees, but keeping them long-term is can be challenging. I'd like, I think for the organization's sta stability, one of the goals we've identified is how do we maintain that core of really great employees in a stable environment that that makes it comfortable for them to support their families and know they can stay with us that would be one of the issues for us folks i should have mentioned this uh, much earlier i did of course at the beginning of the program but our guest today is joellen chereau and she um is well, what is that title there president head Oh, kids on campus yeah i think they that my title is program manager program manager okay I think it's program manager. well kids on campus that's a program that was founded here in 1996 way ahead of its time mm -hmm. and uh, you know some other schools have pursued similar things right colleges i mean um but i think we were way ahead oh yeah and um and i think we've become a model program for many I agree. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, today, seven different school districts are involved in uh, kids on campus. So obviously, the Athens City Schools and then uh, Alexander Local, they were in the early days, Federal Hawking, Nelsonville, York. And since then, they've added some more, and that would be um, like Belpre. Um, Eastern Local, which is down in Meigs County. Um, let's see here. Southern Local, Perry County. That's mm -hmm. that's kind of a distance, isn't it? Southern Perry County. Yeah, it's a little it's a little hike up there. Yeah. Anyway, it's it keeps expanding and helping so many. Um, what is a program that um, you'd like to add? Um, Maybe program's not the right word, but what what is, uh, you know, I'll bet there's a list of a half dozen things you mm. want to add yeah. and, and haven't yet had the opportunity. I'd really like to add some more career-focused, career-driven opportunities in our high school programs. I'd like to partner more strongly with local businesses and local um, uh, organizations that could offer uh, jobs mm -hmm. in, in the in the future and that is a goal it's what we've really focused our high school grants on lately is trying to do that so if anybody has a a business out there and they need employees let me know because we're we would love to partner with you um i think another one for me is to continue to really reach these community organizations and partner in really effective ways. The the Southern Ohio Copperheads, for instance, have recently, in the last couple of years, partnered pretty strongly with us. We just did, um, I don't know if you have seen it on social media, but we just did um, where we partnered with them and they helped the two, the our, one of our after-school programs built these sport lockers. The high school program the, in their woodworking class, they just, they built these lockers and we put them at three community fields tuppers plains chester and we're going to put one in amesville i think monday night yeah. um 
full of sports equipment, like like the lending libraries, the little lending libraries. Only this is little lending sport yeah. lockers, and uh, well, I wasn't really sure. You know, would kids just take the equipment? Would they use the equipment? How would that go? But the reports I have from the two lockers that are out there is every night there are kids out there using that equipment. Sure. And so those kind of things where we can partner with with someone who has an idea that will benefit the kids in our communities and partner a little bit more strongly with them, partner more strongly with some of the smaller nonprofits who um, maybe don't have the organizational structure we have to be able to do the outreach. I, I think for the future, those are some of my goals. Well, uh, once again, um, Kids on Campus, founded in uh, basically the first year of functioning, was 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm, I, I have a feeling other schools or universities or colleges, whatever, may have um, seen this program and decided, boy, it'd be neat to do that here. So, is there any kind of um, linkage, like, you know, um, of, of similar programs? Have you, you know, where you go to a, an annual meeting or something and, and share stories? There is for uh, out-of-school time programming. They call it out-of-school time programming, after-school programming. Mm-hmm. There are several pretty large organizations. Actually, sev- I myself and a couple of two or three staff members went to a national meeting down in Florida this year. Uh, we don't always get to do that, especially since COVID. But we were able to go down there and really share um stories and resources we came back with some really good ideas from that about how to expand our programming we also came back with some really great um, interactions with people who can support us as well i have a tutoring uh, opportunity that's free for families uh, it that i found down there that i think we're going to be giving some information out this year about um, so there are some, and there's an Ohio After School Network. Actually, they meet on the Ohio University campus pretty often. Mm-hmm. Our our local group does. Um, so there are some. There are some really now. Back 30 years ago, there really wasn't. But now, especially since the advent of the 21st century grants, there's a pretty big community of after school professionals who who work together. So a lot more than there used to be. 72 degrees outside our Columbus Road studios, and they say it's going to top out at uh, 87 today. Good grief. Yes. And uh, suits me, though. Yeah, I, I like, like it. Um, the, um, okay. So, what is another aspect you'd like to add to the program? Um, you know, in, in my day, it was simply a summer thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the good it did and the help it provided. Um, and, and, you know, there was a, an emphasis back then on nutrition. There still is. But, I mean, the point is we found that many of these students in the summer were not getting good nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so we worked on that. Okay. What was what is something you'd like to add? The thing I'd really I've been working on for a couple of years now, and I'd like to continue is to add more specialized programming, more really um, interest-based programming. We partnered with NASA Glenn uh, Research Center up in o- Northern Ohio the last few years with some small grants from them to do some programming. Uh, based on the NASA mission, the mission to the moon, and then the mission to Mars. Uh, And those have been incredibly popular and really well received. Um, This year we did Tech Savvy, which is a a program designed to encourage young women into the sciences. And that was very well received. We We partnered pretty late in the year on that and with Sarah Wyatt from Ohio University and some others. We were able to really offer a really cool program there. 
I'd like to see us offer again some more of those. We, we do this five-week really broad summer camp. Mm-hmm. We are going to do a STEM track this year in that. But I'd like to see us offer some additional uh, specialized programming that's more accessible to the communities we serve in the arts and some of the other areas, music, art, that a lot of our rural schools don't don't offer art or music anymore they aren't able to and i'd really like to see us maybe get out there into those communities and and offer some more of that specialized programming you know we've known each other for quite some time Mm -hmm. um animals have always been a part of your life oh yeah that's actually how I first got involved with Kids on Campus was when I was uh, uh, the manager at Ohio University for the animal research programs for the uh, and, and the compliance division is um, when you guys first started the program, you asked me to come over and do some programming with the kids. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know... Um, pets and then um horses and Mm -hmm. i i don't know all this stuff um you know some people are really good in in proper and how they handle all of that um but some aren't that's true and and you know i'm I, i just wondered if kids on campus had ever focused on anything like that a little bit we do a little bit um it makes it it's hard for us with the school rules and the campus rules to to use animals nelsonville york elementary this year did use um equine therapy in their program they had a uh, an organization that brought some horses to the uh, they were actually in the washington post wow the uh, nelsonville has a pretty strong mental health focus and um, that little piece of the after-school program, there was a picture in the Washington Post of that. But uh, so they've done a lot with that. Um, we well, have animals some- are very engaging, you know. Right. And you know, if you if you've got somebody that um, is, uh, they're not sure. But if you throw in an animal into the project, wow, it can suck them right in. Right. And um, I'm just. I don't know. It just occurred to me because of your background with animals. Yeah, I, I, I have a really strong background with animals. Yeah. And I, I would love to do more with the animals in the after school and, and in the summer program. We just haven't quite figured out how to do that. Yet. Right, right. And, and, well, so the future. What do you... Um, kids on campus is already cool. It really is. And it's year-round now in many ways. Um, what what do you want to do next? And I don't mean you personally, but I mean with the program. I would like for the program, the biggest one for me is for the program to find a way uh, to diversify our funding stream. We're pretty strongly dependent on 21st century because uh, it's really the big dog on campus, so to speak. I mean, it it gives you a lot of money. There's those are two hundred thousand dollar a year grants. They they do a lot, but they aren't consistent. So finding that way to consistently fund our after school programming is probably my biggest goal as the manager right now. Finding that way to to make sure people understand the importance of the program we've been one it there's a there are advantages to having been around for 30 years dave and that people kind of know you but the disadvantages people forget that it we're around only because people support us um that they they tend to think of us as a university department like somehow the university you know you're funded like a university department and that's not exactly how we work so really encouraging organizations and individuals and finding that continued support and funding that will make sure the organization stays strong into the future is a big goal of mine um 
You know, you're keenly involved with the College of Health Sciences and Professions. Um, Dean McCarthy, of course, is the uh, the head of that presently. Um, let's see. During my time, we've had um, two or three um, different deans, mm-hmm. and um, they've all been really keen on it. Yes, very supportive. The college has always been incredibly supportive of us. But, you know, there's other colleges that can be engaged, too. There are. I would like like kids on campus to find that path that, that encourages the university as a whole to to understand the reach we have yes the amount i i a lot of people we do internships for uh, you know public health we do internships for education we do internships for media we do internships for journalism we do a lot of internships that people wouldn't necessarily think um we would be supportive of in our in our organization but there's a, a really broad range of departments and colleges out there that that kids on campus does support it i it is our, this is probably the university's single most visible community outreach program well you know uh once again uh because of the involvement of these youngsters um in the campus during the summers and now to a greater degree throughout the year i think the odds of their becoming a student here are very high i think the one thing i wish kids on campus had done over the past 30 years is i wish we had done a better job of tracking our students and and finding out i mean well, you know, hindsight. And you can't, yeah, in hindsight, it's like, oh man, if we'd have been able to keep hold yeah. of them and be able to reach out and. What a I story. wish there was this magical button where we could push <laughs> and we could email every single kid who's ever been in our program and say, what are you doing now? Yeah. But. Well, folks, if you're hearing something that intrigues you and you don't really know much more than what we've talked about today, kids on campus, Google it. And. Um, it, it's um, they also have a, um, a brochure mm-hmm. and um, what well, is there a phone number people should have if they'd like to get a little more information yeah that would be 740-566-8555 that's our office what an odd number okay so let me repeat it for you folks i'll give you a moment to get a piece of paper and a pencil but um, the phone number for kids on campus and um, the subtitle says a rural community dash university partnership. I like that. Is seven four zero five six six eight five five five. You can also do five six six eight five four three. That's the other office number. But we also you can also just email kids on campus at ohio.edu. Cool. What have I failed to bring up that I should have? We've got about three minutes. I think we've covered a lot. Good. But well, once again, for having us. Yeah, I mean, of course. I love talking about this organization. I love this organization. It's very apparent. And I, I share a certain amount of pride for it as well. You should. Thank you, for start, how, thank you for being part of the start of it. It's how an amazing that? organization. Yeah. Uh, it certainly is. All right. Once again, folks, um, kids on campus, which used to be just a summer program. Now it has a lot of year-round things as well. Um, and uh, the phone number, uh, 740-566-8555. And uh, kids on campus at? Ohio.edu. Okay. All one, kids on campus, all small, all together. Yeah. Um, Joe Allen, thank you. And You're welcome. Great, thank you for having me. Um, keep making that program awesome. Cool. All right. Tomorrow, folks, our guest will be Candy Russell. 
And um, I haven't had a chance to research this topic very much, but as I understand it, she's the Athens County Clerk of Courts. So that's tomorrow. Looking ahead next week, we've got, um, let's see, on Tuesday, Megan Riddlebarger, director of the Center Ohio Appalachian Development. Um, and uh, all sorts of great things coming up. Um, once again, today is the last day of May, the 31st. Tomorrow we start a new month, June. And um, we have, uh, let's see here, let me hit my update button. And right now we're showing, uh, come on. I know it's still 72, just as it was um, a few minutes ago. and uh, But it's headed to a high of uh, 86 today, which, um, you know, me, I love hot weather and warm weather and that sort of thing. But um, um, anyway, um, let's see here. Looking, ahead, looking around, I see uh, Columbus and 75 are just a bit warmer. Uh, Columbus and Dayton, I mean, and Cincinnati, all just a couple notches warmer than ourselves, but so what, right? 72 here right now. Um, let's see, what else could I mention? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm out of time here, folks. So, um, um, and then on Friday, Don Holbert will be joining me and we'll do a free-for-all, right? Um, I have like, um, five seconds to fill. So, uh, three, two, one. In our 73rd year of serving